Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Monday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast. We are continuing our ACC under review series. This is episode three of our ACC under review, overall episode 254. So if you've missed any previous episodes, there's some that you could go check out. But Mac, this has been a lot of fun. We had Florida State last week, North Carolina last week as well. If you miss those, go check them out. Even if you're a Clemson fan, it's good to keep an eye on the competition. But, Mac, today we're talking Clemson. There's a lot to discuss even before we get to our special guest. There is a uh, a little bit of – it's not breaking news anymore, but there's news. Um, and just to peel back this curtain all the way for you guys, this episode has been done uh, for a couple of days. We are redoing it right now. We were having to redo it because a little bit of news dropping out of Clemson, firing offensive coordinator Brandon Streeter, who – you know, I, I think – I do want to spend a little time on this for a second, 2KG, that – you know, people on social media, people this and that, like, it's crazy because you don't think about things. You don't think things through. Like, people are, yeah, we're so excited. Like, he's out. He's fired. He sucked. He was terrible. Like, okay, um, here's the deal. That guy's a tiger. Like, he played at Clemson. Mm-hmm. He's done so much for Clemson. And you're just, you're trashing one of the guys that you, know, you cheered for for a long, long time. And so, sure. for me... It's such a delicate thing. It's such an interesting thing, especially when it's an alumni of that school. And, you know, my my biggest thoughts on Coach Streeter, because I think he's an excellent coach. I just think that maybe he was put in that position too early. Mm. I think that because he came in in 2014 and worked magic with Deshaun Watson, with Cole Stout, uh, the things he did with Trevor. Um, He's a great fundamental guy. Get it to the basics, understand what he's doing. But the play calling was what it was. And ultimately, you heard from Coach Sweeney back on Thursday night um, or maybe Friday morning, wherever they released that statement, saying, here's the deal. I, I am responsible for this program. I have to do what's best for this program, and I'm going to do that. And, uh, you know, it's a tough thing. I know that was super difficult to do because I know he loves Brandon Streeter a bunch. But at the end of the day, it, it was a necessary thing that, you know, after you get past that, I think Clemson fans can be very, very excited about Garrett Riley. Yes, agreed. And before we get to the Garrett Riley of it all, let's just talk about the actual uh, happening. Because, look, a lot of people, a lot of Clemson fans, even Mac and I talking about this, talk about Dabo Sweeney. And Dabo has a lot of great qualities that have made him one of the greatest coaches in college football. One of those qualities is loyalty. He is an extremely loyal person. And he has not had a lot of staff turnover in general. He's had the least staff turnover of any any maybe any college football program in America, not even just the elite ones, any program. Yeah. And he's loyal to his guys and his guys are loyal to him. So that is Dabo Sweeney. And generally that is a very admirable quality. Like yeah. loyalty is good. But the last couple of years when you've seen the drop off offensively, he start, I think he began to realize not publicly because publicly he's still saying we're winning 10 games we're winning Always, games to yeah. see whatever. It's fine. But Dabo is also such a competitor. You don't get to this point without being ruthlessly competitive that I believe he understood that something had to happen. Mm -hmm. I also wonder, Mac, and we talked about this a little bit when we both found out. I don't know if he would have done this unless he had an option ready that he knew would be an upgrade, right? He wasn't going to fire Streeter just to fire him. 
No. He was only going to fire him if he was able to upgrade. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think Garrett Riley is in this whole perspective. And, And again, it's not that it was all just Streeter. Like you've seen issues elsewhere. But the fact that he was able to go get an up and coming young superstar with the Riley last name, I think that it was kind of a, you know, one led to the other, if you will. Yeah. And I think, you know, what, what's super interesting, the the timing of it all kind of maybe tipped Coach Sweeney's hand a little bit just sure. because of, of waiting for the national championship. Because I remember you and I discussing whether it was on this podcast or, or just offline about what changes are we going to see? Are we going to see some staff changes? Do, do we see, you know, maybe a guy get demoted or fired and, and things of this nature? And it didn't happen. And so in those weeks of where you expect to see it, a, a team season is over, you expect the next couple of days for some things to happen. And of course, it, it didn't because TCU's playing in a national championship. And, and so what was interesting about that to me is, I think you're exactly right. I mean, he had to be sure. He had to be certain. Yeah, this uh, was his that, guy. This yeah, was that, who that he was coming. No question. He made one phone call, and I'm, I'm, things that I'm hearing is that it happened after the Natty. A lot of people think that this was done before. So, yeah, it sounds like to me that it was kind of like a hail mary call or a cold call. Hey, you want to come? You want to come play? You want to come play outside? And Garrett said, maybe. Yeah, let's talk. And uh, so that's how I, I've heard that it went down. Haven't talked to you know Coach Sweeney anything about that, but people mm. around the program that sounds like what what happened. And you know, I think that's admirable of Coach. I think it's admirable sure. of of uh, Coach Riley. You know, not not taking a job before a game because we've seen how abysmal that can be. And some people might think that when you look at the score and you know TCU only being able to score one touchdown against well, those guys. Coach Riley didn't give up sixty five. Well, I'm just saying, was he distracted in <laughs> no, his play calling and, and things of that nature? So, you know, it, it'll be fascinating. I'm sure that'll all come out one day. But, yeah, it was, it was interesting leading into it. KG, you uh, you hit this one nail on the head, mm-hmm. didn't you? When, when you heard the news, first thing you told me was, yeah, I think this is who we're going to go get. Okay, so here's what happened. I was up in Bristol on Thursday for my basketball work with ACC Network. <laughs> you didn't even know it happened. <laughs> no, I'm literally in a production meeting. And it had just ended. It's not like I took Max yeah. call during the production meeting. <laughs> it had just ended, and Max calling me. Well, Mac and I honestly talk every day about something sure. podcast wise. So I was like, "Okay, what's up, Mac?" And Mac goes, "Did you see the news?" And I had not been on Twitter, so I I had not. And I'm pretty sure the tweet had just gone out. Like Mac was yes. Mac his his sources were tight on this one. <laughs> and so I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, and I'm saying, "Oh my gosh!" because. I think the timing part of it, Mac, like the fact that we'd already gotten to January 11th, whatever day that was, it felt like nothing was going to happen. And from a lot of what Dabo Sweeney had said publicly, right? Mm -hmm. We're we're fine. We're moving forward, whatever. So I think that was surprising, plus the loyalty aspect and and the fact that Streeter was a Clemson man and all these types of things. So after I got over my initial surprise, I think I actually, we hung up and I thought about (laughs) it for a second and then I called you back (laughs) and I said, I think Clemson's going to hire Garrett Riley. Crazy. And I thought about tweeting it, but then I thought, I don't want to stir the pot. I don't want to do this. Like, what if blah, blah, blah. I don't want to be that person. I I hate that kind of Twitter world where people are getting mad at you for no reason, whatever. Sure. But then I saw the news and I thought, yes, this is a great hire because it had to be someone where it was an upgrade, right? It was a step right. up to become the OC. Clemson's a great job, but you're, you're not going to see like Cliff Kingsbury, for example. People were throwing <laughs> that out there. That was not would not be a step up for Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. This guy has all the money right. in the world. He's also, been a head coach I don't know, in the NFL. I don't know if you want him. I don't, I don't know if you yes. want him. Just and saying. 
I don't think Cliff wants to come to Clemson. Like, I, I think no. Cliff is a big city man. <laughs> I, except besides Lubbock, I saw a tweet that he, and I hope this wasn't fake, he booked a one way ticket to Thailand and is not returning anybody's calls about coaching. So, there you go. There you, know, you go. You know which places are very different, Mac? Clemson and Thailand. Okay, so. Just a little bit. Cliff is off to Thailand. And what I found out later, by the way, when I called Mac and said Garrett Riley, Mac lied to my face. He knew it was Garrett Riley. Hey, hey, hey. Because Mac has sources. <laughs> But he didn't tell me. And he was, he was like, oh, no, 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 no. And he threw me off the scent, which I thought was hilarious. But anyway, Mac, crazy situation here. I think this is this is an upgrade for Clemson and, and what no. they needed to do. What can we expect, do you think, from a Garrett Riley offense? A lot of expectation uh, from Jump Street. You know, I think that there, there was a lot of articles that were already written. And, and I kind of tweeted this out. I said, hey, Clemson, hold on to those receipts. Uh, mm. Bring those back up come September uh, when, when we start playing football because so many people just, you know, kind of discrediting and discounting the, the the Tigers. And, I mean, I guess maybe that makes sense if you don't make any changes and you think how much natural yeah. progression can there, you know, really be? How much growth can we truly see? But I think that's a little foolish, too. You're going to see a quarterback starting as the guy for a whole offseason and then for, for the foreseeable future. So I think that was a little bit silly. But now that you've got a guy that – Man, what he did for TCU, what he did for Max Duggan, a guy that wasn't even the starter going into the season to end up as a Heisman finalist, who I voted as the Heisman. Um, I mean, look out. Uh, I think there's going to be some really fun things that happen at Clemson. You look at what he's been able to do. He is a run first, second, third guy. Yes. And then let's be explosive. KG's favorite thing. you got to have those explosive, explosive plays. plays. They are going to push the ball downfield. That's just – what we've seen from Riley, that's what we've seen from his brother. Uh, that That's the tree that he comes from. It's going to be power air raid at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm excited to see that, especially with, you know, having a young quarterback, having a stallion in the backfield too, actually, with, with Shipley and Maffa, uh, and then some young cats that maybe are ready quicker than not to play. Um, it, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. You know, I'm, I'm excited to see it. The interesting thing for me, KG, um, is just how much – how much control does he have? Because he's going to make over $2 million in 23. I don't think you're paying a guy $2 million to come in and say, hey, just kind of tweak what we're doing. Sure. You know, just kind of take some plays out, add some. I think it's his. Uh, I mean, that just makes sense to me. If you're going to make a move this drastic that sends shockwaves through college football, you've got to give them the keys to the car and you've got to fill it up with premium. Like, let's go. Let, let's get it going. And so to me, I, I think that's what we're going to see. And just a sample of, of that, what did TCU do this year? 450 passing attempts, 560 rushing attempts. Mm. That's balance. That's explosion. They, as a team, averaged over five yards a rush. Their number one guy averaged over six yards a rush. Passing through the air, they're going 10 yards a clip. I mean, that, that's just that's what you have to see. That's the style of football that Clemson was able to do during this dynastic run. Shout out Jordan Cornette for the word. And I think that they get back to that. I, I, there's a lot of excitement. I know I'm a homer. I know you see this helmet behind me and same for you, <laughs> but I might be at every spring ball practice. We'll see. If they let me, I might be there. Sure, sure. And I, I think Garrett Riley's track record really attracted Dabo because there's nothing gimmicky about what Garrett Riley was doing at TCU. No. When you run the ball a hundred more times than you pass it, right. that's sustainable. And especially at Clemson, when you have the kind of running backs that you currently have and the running backs that you've mm-hmm. always had, mm-hmm. that's something that can work. It, it's not it's not the same as when Clemson went and hired Chad Morris, even though 
there are some similarities because you went out sure. and got an outside mind and it changed your program. Guy from but, Texas. What the heck? What well, we and, a, and a guy from Texas. That's a good point. But in the end, Chad Morris's offense was hard on your defense. And so were you going to be able to win a natty with that offense? Probably not. And so you had to eventually made some tweaks. And now you have just a different level of talent, even though the wide receivers back in that day were pretty good too. But I think the balance is going to be really, really important. Mm-hmm. And honestly, what people like when you think of Lincoln Riley, I know they're different guys, but they're also brothers and they come from the same coaching tree. People do not talk about enough how much Lincoln Riley runs the ball, specifically right. how much he ran it at Oklahoma. Yeah. So you need that balance and running it with your quarterback, which we mm-hmm. obviously saw with Duggan. And I think we'll see that with Klubnik as well in this new Garrett Riley offense. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And, and you bring up the the quarterback runs and, and the things that they're doing there. He had his first two guys who one kind of separate. I'd love to see a little bit more. Like if, if we saw, you know, like 150 plus from ship in regards to carries, we saw 135, 140 from Muffa, mm. and then a hundred plus from from you know your quarterback and Cade Klubnik. I think that's that's where you want to be. That, that's the sweet spot if you can figure that out. Have kind of that split carry where guys are still staying fresh. You still have a major threat at the quarterback position. You have to respect it. Those right. safeties start creeping up. That's when you go over the top. And we saw that big play capability. Who's going to step up for Clemson in that aspect? We'll find out. Our guest actually today, our Rock'em Sox guest, That's Don right. Munson. Let's not forget what this episode is about. He gets after it and he tells us he pulls back some insight, uh, really jumps into that question, KG. I love that you asked it. And uh, it, it was just a fun interview with Don to kind of recap the Tigers' 22 season. And we will preface this by saying we interviewed Don before this all happened. Don did text us. He said, hey, do you want to yeah. redo the interview? We're just like, no, Don, we took enough of your time. No, we we no. don't want to do that. And Don was great. And I think a lot of it is still compl- – it's all completely yes. fine. Absolutely. We didn't really talk about Streeter at all. We just talked about Klubnik and, and the guys on this offense and the growth. So I think you'll see that. And let's remember, Mac, but, uh, except for the last couple of years, <laughs> in Clemson's dynastic run, QB run – was always very, always. very important. And now you have a guy in Clubnick that's capable. That's I right. would like to see him put on a little more weight in the offseason. <laughs> I think a lot of people would like to see that. But, you know, in the end, he can have a similar build to Deshaun, I think, and, and everything will be fine with that QB run. That's right. But you mentioned our Rock'em Socks guest. It is Donald Munson. And our wonderful partner is Rock'em Socks. We've teamed up with them. The world's largest sock store. Shop from over 10,000-plus exclusive sock designs, including your favorite college football teams. They have every ACC school and every school ever. Pro sports teams. <laughs> Entertainment properties, you know, the superhero dudes, all that stuff. And, Mac, we're doing some awesome giveaways on Twitter (laughs) that have been lit. Can I just say the disrespect of we're not even calling them Marvel anymore. We're just saying the 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 superhero guys. They wear the tights and they fly. You're the best. You're the best. I love it. Yes, we're, we're giving away socks, guys. Every single episode we've been doing it. Those are the ones that we'll be giving away this week. The Clemson Tiger socks. KG just, you know, she has socks everywhere in her office. So she had those readily available. I also have a little available. bit of these, but hey! these are for our guests. That's if, right. If you guys are like, look, we love Kelly Mac so much, which, you know, I, we understand. understand. If you want them to sell these socks, you can tweet at them. They probably Please. won't. They're for our guests. <laughs> 
You probably really want these socks, and That's we right. understand that. Sorry, That's continue right. back. You know, it was just a bucket list item to get our face and logo on a sock, and, and shout out to Rockham for making that happen. Our boy Connor got it Dreams done quickly. Dreams do come true. Uh, that's right. I, I mean, I can die peacefully and a happy man now. I have a sock that has my face on it. Um, but we're giving these away. It's been awesome feedback from you guys. It's been awesome interaction. We've been able to hook up a bunch of different fans with their school socks. So Clemson, right now, check it out. It's on Twitter. Go retweet, follow, get in that thing, and uh, get your chance for some socks here. But if you don't win, I have good news, KG. You can go to rock'emsocks.com. GML20. We're going to give you 20% off your first order. Get as many socks as you can, 20% on us. You're going to love that. You're going to love the socks. And who knows? Maybe that's your new lucky sock for your team. Ooh, I like that, Mac. Yes, go to at Eric MacLine on Twitter. Make sure you're following us at Kelly Graham. Like, enter to win here. Maybe you also have a relative who's a UNC fan. You can enter to win there. All you have to do is retweet and <laughs> go to rock'emsocks.com. Get it done. Our Rock'em Socks guest of the week. It's finally time to talk to Don Munson. Donald Munson, welcome into the program. This is so fun to have you on. You you know us well. You've known us forever. I want to start with this question. What were your first impressions? If you can think back, the first time you met Eric McLean back in 2011, and then the first time you met me, can you can you think back? Do you have any memories of that? Uh, well, let me start with Mac. Let me okay. let me start there. You probably oh, remember gosh. Mac more than I understand. <laughs> yeah, so Mac at that time, you know, I got to understand at that time, I was actually working on Sweeney's staff, okay? So I was on Coach Sweeney's staff as part of his support, support staff. So the first time I met uh, Mac, he comes strutting in as the as the freshman tight end. You know, he was going to be, you know, the next superstar at, at tight end in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Uh, and then what was funny, and he was a, he was great as a freshman. He, he, actually, Mac was great his entire his yeah. entire time here at, at Clemson. Mr. Clemson. There was never there was never a bad moment with Mac. Well, there was a the bad moment was when they want to move him to offensive line. He did oh, not want to move to offensive it line. Was did fun. not want to go. Did not want to put on the extra weight. Did wanted nothing to do with offensive <laughs> line. And then look what had happened to him. He goes to the ACC media days. Talked himself into. I mean, nobody even knew who he was at media, and then talked him into a, into an All ACC preseason <laughs> appearance. It was awesome. That sounds like and then lived up to that. Uh, so then lived up to that. So uh, that's that's the one thing. Uh, that's the one thing I will, will say about Mac. Now for you, Kelly. Uh, you know, obviously, my first meeting was you. Was at time I would do women's basketball games on radio and then also a little bit on streaming service. Mm-hmm. And so that was our first, um, our first, you know, foray together. I still have a picture of you and I'm trying to think who your teammate was on my phone. That was from um, breast cancer awareness game where you're in the pink uniform. Yes. I, I uh, think I'm, that was Chancy. I'm trying, I think, that I, think was it, I think you're right. Yeah. I think it was. So I have that picture. I actually took that picture to of the two of you, sent it over to our social media department, and they used it that day uh, uh, <laughs> nice. for our social media out, services. So that was my first four-way. And then obviously, you know, after you graduate, you're a grad student here at, at Clemson. You and I start doing some some basketball games mm-hmm. together. Mac, the greatest I ever got, Kelly, was we're in <laughs> Tallahassee at Florida State. And she had been – we've been, what, doing two or three years maybe of – of a little bit of uh, yeah, basketball of radio, yeah. And I kept telling Kelly, I said, Kelly, at some point in time, you're going to have to do play-by-play. Kind of like <laughs> you moving the tight end. 
She wanted no part of it. No. no. I was like, no. No, no, no. <laughs> so we go to Tallahassee, and uh, we're playing Florida State, obviously. And like two minutes before we go on air, I just turned and looked there and said, oh, by the way, today you're doing second quarter and fourth quarter play-by-play, and I'm switching over and just doing commentary. And she looked at me like I had, you know, <laughs> bats coming out of my head or out of my ears or something like that. Bats in the belfry were, were being released. But she did it. Uh, so grandma was Somehow. listening at the time, you know, That's so grandma right. was out there listening. Mom Always. and dad were out there listening. So we, we kind of threw her to the wolves, but it's, it's paid off. And so but my life, and I'm not just saying this, my life has been made better because of the two of you. I, I want wow. you to know that. I want you to understand how much I appreciate the both of you, how much I respect the both of you. Yes, I realize that I'm way older than than the both of you combined, <laughs> probably. Um, but uh, you two have been just great lights in my life. I mean, just just wonderful human beings to to know and and have friendship with. Well, we appreciate you, you, brother, and, and some fun stories to peel back that curtain, uh, you know, for a lot of people <laughs> and and just to, you know, fun times. I mean, we, we've been around each other for quite some time and seen this journey and appreciate you being a part of that. Um but now we're, we're jumping into this thing. ACC under review. It's all about the Tigers. So who else would we go to but the man, the voice of the Tigers? And Donna, I always love when I hear you doing interviews or talking to other people for, for maybe the first time. You tell them, hey, look, I have the best job in the world. And what I do and the people I get to be around, and, and I think we all certainly can agree with that. But let's look at these Tigers from, from a big view, 10,000-foot view real quick. 11 wins, back to being ACC champs, playing in an Orange Bowl just give us your thoughts on on the overall season here. Uh, well, one one thing, I'm not the voice of the Tigers. Jim Phillips will always be the voice of the <laughs> there Tigers. There you go. I just like to the play by play chair. Okay, I'm just just saying that. 35 years, the man was here. He's he's the legend. He is the voice of the Clemson Tigers. So that that will always that will always be the case. Looking at it from 60,000 feet, you know, uh, this past year, I think you know, were there disappointments? Absolutely, there were disappointments. But there were there were more positives than there were disappointments. And unfortunately, we as a society, particularly if you get caught up in the social media world, what happens is that you hear all the, the clamor and it's the negative and it's not the positive. But you're, you're right, Mac. I mean, this is a team that won the ACC. For the last time ever, they won the Atlantic Division. So they'll always have that Atlantic Division trophy that will be with them uh, in, in their trophy space. That, that They'll never be able to take it that away. They won the last one. Uh, now, you know, Coach Sweeney, as you know, always says they remember November and that people are going to remember November. They are and for unfortunate you know, situations. They're going to remember what happened uh, in November. There were some losses there that, you know, typically Clemson has not had in the past. Uh, and the way that it happened, certainly first and foremost at Notre Dame, you know, let's be really honest with you. They just got run over. Notre Dame yeah. just came right out lined up, you know, and just ran right at Clemson and ran flat over them, just punched them right in the mouth, and there was nothing that Clemson could do about it. Now, everybody can't do what Notre Dame was able to do. You know, Notre Dame brought in extra offensive linemen. They also brought in extra tight ends, and they were just going to run power. And so that, But that's the makeup of their team. That's what they can do, and that's who they are. Uh, then, you know, you, you, the loss of South Carolina stuck in everybody's crawl. It's going to stick in everybody's crawl. <laughs> All right, Clemson fans believe that that streak should already be at eight because it was all canceled last That's year. Right. Uh, in That's COVID, right. All right, so people already think that it should be at eight. You know, so and now South Carolina has bragging rights, and they're going to have that for three sixty five, twenty four seven. 
until Clemson can go do something about it and go take it away from them end of November here in 2023. But for right now, you just got to live with it. And that's that's part of life. Sometimes you just have to live with the bad. And if you're a Clemson fan, that's living with the bad. All right, the ACC championship was great because they, they came out, took it right to North Carolina. It was the emergence, certainly, of Cade Klubnick. Uh, from that standpoint, I think that if you're a Clemson football fan, you're excited about what the future of this young man is going to be uh, at quarterback. Then the Orange Bowl happens, and you're, you're a little bit, you know, you move the ball up and down the field, and you get 34 first downs, and you're kind of throwing it all over the place. You're not running it near as well, though, maybe as, as you should. But that's kind of who Tennessee who Tennessee was. So I think what happens is that you had a couple of outliers also that happened there in those last few games. All right, so let's go back to the South Carolina game. Clemson throws for 200, runs for 200. They hadn't lost it. They'd lost one game when they'd run for 200 yards in Coach Sweeney's career. That was 2009, an, a, an ACC championship game in Tampa against Georgia Tech. Neither team punted. CJ, the man right behind me, was MVP, the only MVP oh on a losing team uh, in, you know, as far from that's concerned. So it was an outlier. But then you had it happen again at, 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 against Tennessee. Outliers happen. You know, it usually, Clemson has more first downs than the opponent, like 93, 95% of the time under Coach Sweeney, Clemson's going to win that game. And it didn't happen uh, that way. So I think that's what has people feeling uneasy. But let me tell you, they got some dudes that, that were their own portal, all right? They were guys that could have jumped, but actually as Sweeney's, it was the inside portal that came back. Um, <laughs> those of us that were in the program knew that that was going to be happening weeks in advance uh, from, from that standpoint. So I think with everybody coming back, the additions now, we've got, what, 15, I think, uh, young freshmen that are here on campus and beginning the work. So basically, this whole January going through spring ball is like a redshirt year for them. By the time they get to August, they should be really ready to go. So I'm pretty excited about, you know, what's going to what's gonna happen for, for Clemson football coming up here in, in 2023. And the fact that Florida State is better helps mm. the league. It helps Clemson, and it helps Agreed. the league. Absolutely. Absolutely. 1,000%. We released our FSU episode last week, and yes, completely agree. And Jeff Colhane, who's the play-by-play there, he said, we were talking about kind of the hype going into next year, and he said, look, the hype is there, but you got to beat Clemson. So Florida <laughs> State, of course, still uh, dealing with that, and, and that's number one on their list. Um, Donna, I think was, that was a great overall breakdown. Let, let's talk about the DJ Cade situation. You had eyes on the situation from the very beginning when Cade enrolled last January, was it handled like you expected it to be? Did it go like you expected it to go? Yeah, I think that the way that it was handled between the two of them and the way that Coach Sweeney, Brandon Street, or the offensive staff handled it was the way that you would hope they would always be handled at every school. From my And again, I realize I'm wearing orange-colored glasses and looking at it from that, that situation. But let's, all, let's go back. All right, so everybody, let's go back to the Notre Dame game in which DJ threw for 435 or whatever Set it was. Set records. All right. Yeah, set record, all-time record for an opponent mm-hmm. in that stadium. Uh, you know, so let's go back to that game. I understand the pieces of the puzzle now that were around DJ in that game compared to what he's had really the last couple of years, and they're not. That's not comparing apples to apples. That's comparing apples to oranges. I mean, right beside him in the backfield, arguably, my mind, arguably the greatest player in ACC history mm-hmm. in Travis right. Etienne. I mean, people will say, well, well, what about Deshaun? What about Trevor? I understand those two guys were here, and I understand that one of them was the number one overall pick. Don't get me wrong. But 
what Trevor, what what Travis Etienne did, and what he was able to do here at Clemson. I mean, the dude scored 468 points as a running back. He's the only guy in league play over 400 points. Everybody else is a kicker. Right? Nothing against kickers. Numbers don't lie. Everybody else is a kicker. All right. And then and here's so that's what that's one. And then he only touched the ball what more than 21 times in his career. I think three times. It's crazy. And, you know, and it was crazy. You know, imagine if he had been at Wisconsin or something. And then he ended up at Clemson as a guy that never came to campus. And we, you know, we had to go get him because we were losing a running back. And there was this guy to be picked as a three star out of the state of Louisiana. And we got him. And somehow that's that's the way sometimes it just it just happens. But pieces of the puzzle, you know, there was Cornell Powell was also on the field with DJ uh, for for that ball game. Amari Rogers, who both those guys played in the league. You know, the offensive line. You take a look at the offensive line that was in front of him. It was all different than what it what it has been at Clemson. So that's part of it. Some of it was DJ's fault, and he'll admit to that. Some of it was DJ's fault, but not all of it is on DJ. But because he's the quarterback. All of it's going to get heaped upon him. Of course. All right. So now let's let's flip to what what Cade has done. Cade so far came out obviously huge splash at Georgia Tech to start the season. Remember the game, uh, the drive that he had, and he just went right downfield, got him into the end zone, and bang, bang, bang. Everybody was looking all right. The national media, hey, it's it's on now. They were all talking about it in August, but now it's really yeah. on. The quarterback controversy yeah. at Clemson is is on. Um, and obviously didn't play out that way till the end of the season. And then he comes out and has the, the ACC championship game, and you see what happens. But he also had the Orange Bowl, and you see what happens when you run a freshman quarterback out there and just made some mistakes. So he's got some growing to do. But, you know, Coach Sweeney, ever being the uh, the positive guy that he that he is, you know, he, he claims that Cade is the most talented quarterback that he's ever had on this Clemson campus. All right, now think about who we've had, all right? If that is true, then that's going to be scary because the quarterback, certainly in the, not only in the collegiate game, the professional game, but particularly in the collegiate game, he determines so much of the success of your program. And Kate is a guy that uh, is going to be able to do that not only behind center, but also in front of camera, in front of people, as a as a face of the program. Klubnik has it all and is going to handle that situation, I think, really well. Yeah. Yeah, man, it, it's going to be fun to see just to see the, you know, opportunities that he did get and when he went in and, and to see how he handled adversity. And, and a lot of those things that you said in the Orange Bowl that, you know, that there were freshman mistakes, but there were also things that he did that I don't think many people could do. The pressure that he avoided, the throws that he made, uh, the, the decisions that he made when, when things were firing on all cylinders, uh, it was impressive to see. So I don't think there's any question the future extremely bright for Clemson and for Cade Klubnick. Let's look at a guy in Will Shipley who, man, since he stepped on campus, I mean, everyone has raved about his leadership ability. Everyone raved about there's just something a little bit different about that guy then we saw the play kind of match that this season. Don, what kind of things did you see from Will just that he got better at that, that maybe uh, you expected a little later, uh, but just the things that he did uh, that, that separated him even more this season? I think the biggest thing that Shipley got better at as the season went along was handling his emotions. Uh, there were times where he just got frustrated, and I, it, it affected his game. I mean, Eric, you've been there as a young player. You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes – you let your emotions play way too much in it. And there was some of that, I think, this year for, for Shipley. Now, Shipley's not ETN. He's not a guy that every time that he touches the ball, you just hold your breath and see what's going to happen. 
But Shipley is a guy that, you know, he can break off those 12, 18, 26-yard runs. You know, he obviously broke one for, what, 50-something as well. So he does have it, but he's going to have to have wide open spaces to uh, to be able to, to score. So he's he's not a guy that has, you know, strike ability, is, I guess is what I would say, every time he touches the ball. But certainly he's a guy that knows how to get into the end zone. Clemson's got to use him more. Clemson's got to give him the football more, to be perfectly honest with you. And I think that the offensive staff has, has realized that. You know, Brandon Streeter came came out of the Orange Bowl. You know, what people asked him about that. And he said, you know what, in retrospect, probably in the first half, I should have given the ball more. So that's a growing point for Brandon Streeter. It's also, I think, a positive sign for, for Shipley. And it's not just Shipley. It's also Maffa that is there in the backfield with him. You know, so right now, man, what we have seen transpire, you know, in, in football – and particularly in college and professional football, what used to be one dominant guy isn't that way anymore. Uh, carries are getting broken up. If you run it 35 times a game, chances are one guy's running it at 18, the other guy's running it at 17. Uh, so I think the two-back combination for Clemson is going to, in the in the end, pan out pretty well for them. Agreed. And they're both a little different, which is what you want yeah, in your yeah. backs, definitely. And it's better for the student-athletes, so you don't get run down like some of those Wisconsin guys who <laughs> carry the ball 40 times a game. Uh, Don, a hot topic that we have seen is has been the wide receivers and, and their play and their performances and you know some of the injury bugs and things like that. Give us a rundown of how you feel like the wide receivers perform this year, and then maybe flip it ahead, and who do you think are going to be the main targets for Cade next year? You know, I would say that the wide receivers here at Clemson this year were good. They weren't great. We're used to seeing great. Matter of fact, we're used to seeing beyond great. We're used to we're used to seeing <laughs> yeah, spectacular. <the> best. <laughs> yeah, spectacular. And that's but they were good. You know, certainly the way that Antonio Williams came out in his freshman campaign performed, that's something to certainly build upon. Uh, you know, it's you go back and if you compare it, you can't compare him to a Nuke Hopkins, but I think people will probably compare him because, you know, Nuke's first year in, in two thousand ten he was kind of just a, a rough diamond. It was still, you know, kind of over in the grinder, getting shined up and getting all the nooks and crannies and bad stuff taken off of him as he as he started to go through his his Clemson career. Mike Williams was even a guy. You know, Mike's yeah. first yeah. two years here at, at Clemson were okay, but they weren't right. they weren't startling. You know, obviously his junior year gets hurt, uh, and then his se- his last year here at Clemson, the, nice. the national championship year, were unbelievable. Uh, from that standpoint, Justin Ross, you go back and you look at Justin Ross, it really wasn't until the last three games of his freshman career that he made people stand up and take notice. The ACC championship game, the Cotton Bowl, and, and then the national championship game. He he just performed unbelievably well uh, in those. And that was where he kind of made his reputation for himself. But Clemson's got to find that guy. Is it? Is it? An, and they need a big wide receiver. All right. They, mm. they need that. So, you know, what's the status of Joseph and Gata? People, as we're doing this, don't know at that mm-hmm. at right now. What, what's going to happen? Is he coming back? Is he not? All right. So that's one. Um, you know, so Bo Collins is coming off of, off of injury. You know, that, that's a guy that through the first, what was it, five, four games of the year had five touchdown receptions. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, you know, and then he got hurt and that was taken away uh, from Clemson. So how does he play? Uh, and is how does Adam Randall play into this? How do the new freshman wide receivers also play and get into this? Well, we're going to have to find all of that out. What what's going to happen at tight end? Because the tight end mm-hmm. takes pressure off of the wide receivers. Sure. Backs take pressure off of wide receivers if they can if they can catch it as well. 
So those are all all questions that at this point, I don't know that we know. Matter of fact, I know we don't know the answer to. <laughs> but but there has to be there has to be a couple of players at the wide receiver spot that take another step or two forward here in the spring and then also in August as we go into the season once it opens up. That has to happen uh, for Clemson to get back to that point where they can score consistently 40 points a game. As we've seen in the playoffs, if you can't score 40 points right. in a game, and I'm not just talking about this year, I mean you just go back and look at it. If you can't score 40 points in a game, you're not going to be in the game. Right. You know, and you know, this year you had to score 66 to win. All right. <laughs> I don't know if you had to. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously TCU, they were going oh, well, to. Oh, yeah, TCU did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. They had to score 66. Uh, so, and, you know, sometimes it's it's just that way. If Alabama was going to beat Clemson, you know, out there in, in Santa Clara, they had to score 45. Then they obviously couldn't do that. Clemson had to score 46 the first, you know, the first time. Uh, well, I guess they scored. They won. Yeah, at 15, they would have had to score yeah. 46. That's yeah. where I'm getting to. Very rarely are you going to win a playoff game where you score less than 30. Mostly you have to score better 40 or more uh, to win it. But Clemson has to find that somewhere. Don, I'm asking this for the Clemson fans listening because I know they want to hear about one player that you didn't mention just because you're around the program. You probably know more. Can you tell me about Cole Turner? Tell me more about this man. Like, are we going to see his emergence next year? Yeah, you are going to see Cole Turner's emergence. And you could you could see it coming on. Now, Cole is – he was a little bit like Hunter Renfro, you know, when he when he showed up here – as Eric, you know, hey, can you go get me some water? You know, that was right. that was our boy Matt Clain's first first uh, That's right. first thing with with Renfro. He thought he was the water guy. Uh, uh, you know, Hunter had to look at him and said, "You know, this guy plays right." So that's the way that kind of Cole Turner was. But Cole needs to get in the weight room. Needs to pick up some weight. He's got great ball skills. He's got tremendous speed. Uh, the catch that he made there in the Orange Bowl, where he made the leaping catch coming in front of the defender, that's the kind of play that I'm talking about that we're yeah. used to seeing from Clemson wide receivers. That's the kind of stuff that we're used where 50-50 balls all of a sudden become 80-20 balls. And yeah. that's that's the kind of play. But hopefully Cole has that. Hopefully he stays healthy. Uh, he's got He's a better athlete than Nolan, uh, his older brother, which is mm-hmm. saying something. And he's got more <laughs> speed than Nolan. He's probably – you know, Cole's probably the third fastest player on this team right now. Wow. Maybe wow. even the second fastest player on this team right wow. now. He can pick wow. him up and put him down. <laughs> That's tremendous. And I think, you know, just looking at the quarterback position and, and understanding that that position can make everyone better. That position can make everyone take steps forward. I think that that's something that we're going to see uh, next year as well. Let's look at this offensive line. Those guys showed improvement. We saw continuity. We saw guys being able to play and and the same unit running out there. We also saw some young guys have to step up and and get their opportunity. And and looking at a guy in Blake Miller, who I think is going to be very good in in the years to come. How how would you grade that unit in in Thomas Austin leading this group for the first time? Well, again, I I think the offensive line was a little bit like the wide receivers of Blake Miller being part of that. Now, he wasn't, you know, Mitch Hyatt shows up here his freshman year, and he automatically starts at left tackle. At left tackle, he starts automatically (laughs) and was, you know, was brilliant for Clemson. He had a pretty good uh, guard right beside him telling him what to do, if I remember. Yeah, he did have a pretty good guard that was right beside him. A a guy that started as tight end but was nowhere near athletic enough to play a tight end. That's for sure. Uh, Too slow, too slow. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, 
but you know when you when you take a look offensive lines and Eric you've been there the more that you can have pieces of the puzzle together the longer the time that they're together the better usually the more cohesive that group becomes but it can't just be five it really needs to be eight or nine players that do that you know the thing here at Clemson has always been the cross training Robbie Caldwell certainly embraced the cross training guys playing center and guard guys playing guards and tackles all that kind of stuff. So, that, so when there was the inevitable injury, and there's always going to be the inevitable guy, two or three, that goes down during the season. That's going to happen. Make sure that you can plug somebody in that can, that can help out. So I think that's the positive for, for Clemson there. Well, we'll be interested to see what happens at the center position this spring. There's been a lot of talk about Ryan Lithicum here. Now, that's a name that maybe maybe even some Clemson fans, the average Clemson fans, had no idea who I'm talking about. But Lithicum was a guy that was really coming on at the end of the year, and he's a natural center. He was the number one center, as a matter of fact, coming out of high school. And so it'll be interesting to see all right, if he does, does that move Putnam back to a guard spot? You know, and does that move Walker Parks back out to right tackle? Do they take Miller, move him over to left tackle? You know, all of that's going to have to be figured out and, and worked out, but that's what spring football is, is for. And then it's also a little bit about what August camp is is for and then there's some other guys behind them that are that are starting to push and competition makes everybody better particularly on an offensive line. Speaking of competition, I remember probably the biggest piece of hype that we heard going into this season was about the defense and it was about the D-line specifically. And I think overall it's fair to say the defense didn't live up to those expectations. Now, were those expectations fair? I mean, that's that's a whole other question. But look at this defense for me, Don, kind of with a, an overarching view. How, how would you say the defense performed this season? Well, I think the defense performed pretty well. Uh, they, were, they were still, you know, a defensive unit that was basically, you know, top 20 uh, in, in the country. So that's, that's not bad. You know, the biggest thing that all of us have going against us is expectations. I mean, the expectations for me, expectations for you all, Going into a broadcast, going into, you know, for your job, whatever. That's the biggest thing that you have to work against. There you are, the, the higher the expectations, uh, though. So this was a group, yes, they coming in that a lot of people thought, all right, this is going to be the best Clemson defense ever. ever. That was all the, the words that, that you heard. It was going to just be a dominating a dominating force. And unfortunately, it didn't turn out that way. There was injuries that that happened along the way. There were also maybe some guys that didn't perform to the level that you thought they were going to perform to. Uh, I think maybe there's some inexperience that was going on at linebacker that hurt him early on, so they did not come into play the last five, six games of the year. The, the way that Trotter was playing at the end of the year, the way that Barrett Carter was playing at the end of the year. Obviously, Trenton Simpson went down with injury, but Wade Wood as still as a freshman linebacker. Uh, in, into a role that, you know, he played extraordinarily. Like Keith McGuire was a guy back there that was a plug guy. Hey, you could plug him in and, and just play, you know, about where he wanted to. Keith now has given up the game. He's retired uh, from football and won't be playing any more football uh, from this point on. Uh, so, you know, there has to be some depth issues that have to be accounted for, I think, at linebacker. T.J. Dudley is a game you, is a is a name you need to know. Where's number Was wearing number 26. We'll find out if that's the number that shows up into uh, next year when – uh, when he shows back, I mean, he may take somebody's number that's left. Who who knows what's going to happen from there? So I think that the linebacker position is really good. And obviously, you know, the defensive front, particularly a defensive tackle now with everybody that has announced that it's coming back, 
uh, is going to be really good. Defensive end will be a little bit of a question mark. Uh, but today's game, because of today's game, because of the spread offenses, spread offenses in the league, I would expect that you could see Clemson play a lot more three three five than necessarily go you know four three you know four three four uh, from that standpoint. Uh, but there'll be a lot of adjustment. There's always been a lot of ebb and flow. Venables had it when he was here uh, at Clemson, and, and certainly uh, Coach Goodwin is doing the same thing. Uh, that Brent was doing as well. There's also, but there's a learning curve. There's a learning, learning curve for Wes, uh, you know, from his first time ever as being a defensive coordinator. It's it's not easy. It's a tough job. Yeah. But he's a big guy. You know, he's he's a grown man. He realizes <laughs> the expectation and and he knows that that he's got to also up his game, which I love. You know, he's he's not the sure. guys though sure. on the defensive side of the ball love him. Just absolutely love. Him. <laughs> No, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Every time that we spoke with somebody, they they would just rave about Wes and his leadership style and the things that he does. And although it's different, uh, different is good sometimes. And and certainly, I think a very bright future there as well. Don, you mentioned some of those holes, and and you mentioned some of those things that you know maybe Clemson is is going to have to figure out. And we know in this era that there's a way to do that, and the transfer portal is certainly a valuable option. Coach Sweeney, you know, hasn't really dipped his toe quite in it. I know there's a couple of, you know, quarterbacks that have made their way over, one that has been here before, another that is is obviously the the Alabama relationship. But do you see that changing? Do you see that adjusting with meetings you've been in or things that you've heard Coach say that maybe we haven't on just being able to fill some of those holes quicker with 20, 22-year-old men instead of, you know, 17, 18-year-old kids that are coming in? Well, he can't do it this year because he's already over the number. He's right now as, as we sit here. <laughs> Not talking, enough guys left. They're over the scholarship, over the scholarship number uh, right now, so they they got to kind of figure out what to do from that stamp. So it won't be it won't be here in twenty twenty three that they do that. But you also, I mean, Eric, you you know, coach, you you've played for him. He is extraordinarily loyal. I mean, just extraordinarily. You know, his his deal. I'm sure he told this to your parents. When, in the recruiting, and he tells us to everybody, this when you sign up with Clemson, it is until death do us part. All right, you know we're 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 going to stay there, and we're going to make sure his Im- most important thing for you is to go get your degree. That's the most important thing. The number one the number one commandment of the sixteen and that are in the team room: go to class, be engaged. That's the number one commandment. When it gets down to playing, that's playing is only down there about like four, five, six that is actually on the commandment list when it gets to, to playing. But he also stay, understands he's paid to win games. Coach Sweeney is paid uh, to win games. It's one of the reasons that he is, has had as much success because he's figured out ways uh, to win games. So if he has to go to that portal route, but he's, gonna, he's not going to bring somebody in here that's not the right fit. The other thing he does in recruiting is that when a young kid shows up here on campus, he turns them over to the players and let the let the players will then will come back and give the review whether or not they think oh, yeah. that this kid is a fit or not. And that happens that happens, you know, in almost immediately within twelve to to eighteen hours. That's going to happen. Sweeney though is really good to be able to just sit down with a kid, sit down with their parents, and almost within 10, 15 minutes be able to tell is this guy a Clemson fit or not. Clemson is not for everybody. Nebraska is not for everybody. Washington. Not for everybody, all right? Florida State's not for everybody. So you got to figure out those everybody's that you want here on Clemson's campus that can help you get to where you want to be, and that's winning championships, best as a standard. 
That's a good point, Don, because I think people assume, you know, there's just an unlimited amount of scholarships and you can just go to the portal. But if you're not losing guys to the portal, or at least not a, a big amount, and you also have guys choosing to come back, Tyler Davis, Xavier Thomas, you don't just have unlimited spots <laughs> to throw out portal invites. So that's a that's a good reminder for listeners and fans. Okay, we've mentioned the E word, expectations. We've talked about it actually a lot on this podcast today. Let's look ahead. Let's look ahead to 2023. You mentioned Florida State and ranked higher in the final AP poll, which was interesting when you look at the head-to-head, but, you know, whatever. You mentioned a lack of divisions. That's going to be very interesting. Where are the expectations at right now for Clemson football in 2023? Well, I think the expectations are to, you know, let, let's be frank, they're to get back to the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's who Clemson is. I mean, that, right now, that's that's the expectation is to get back to – at least among the fan base and at least among the media, that's the expectation. Again, I'll go back to what William Christopher Sweeney, you know, preaches is that he doesn't preach that. He, he just doesn't preach that. You know, his goal is to win the opener. That That's the goal right now for 2023. After that, it'll be win the division. Then it'll be win the state championship. Then it'll be win, win uh, the ACC championship. Then it's win the last game, wherever that may be, because he does not control the committee who's being picked. You know, he, he readily admits we could be 12-0, and 13-0 at the end of the year and still not go to the playoffs, and he's absolutely right. He's absolutely correct when he when he says that. Now, people just kind of shrug that off, uh, but he's absolutely correct uh, when he does say that. So, um, but the expectation is, yeah, play in the football play. Let's go to the playoffs. Let's get back. Let's have – and let's get an opportunity, win a semifinal game, go give us an opportunity to go win another national championship. Believe me. That's the expectations here at Clemson, and it will continue to be the expectations here at Clemson for the foreseeable future. They set the standard, standard really high, and, and there's good and bad things about that, but I don't think there's any question that that's where Clemson expects to be, and I, I think they're, they've got a good shot at it. The, the, the division, the, the conference as a whole is exceptional next year, and uh, they're going to have a shot. They're going to have a really good shot to do it. Don, this was so much fun. Thanks for joining us, brother. Really help. uh, appreciate you helping us break down Clemson. Well, again, appreciate the both of you more than you will ever know, more than words can express. (laughs) Love you both. Uh, You all have – I love to watch you all success. Believe me, as as an older guy, watching you all succeed. (laughs) Kelly, cannot wait to meet your firstborn. Just cannot wait for that to happen, uh, and so looking forward to to to, uh, to set. So have have a great time with your pregnancy. Uh, you know, hope that everything it's goes so well. Fun. Max already got some little ones that are running around, <laughs> right. and you know that are out there and stuff. So, uh, uh, but hey, God bless you both. Um, God's been good to all three of us, and He will continue to be good to all three of us. Uh, I think you know what my faith is. That where my anchor holds from no from that standpoint. It is, it's a privilege to be the play-by-play guy here at Clemson. I do have the best job on campus. Part of that, though, is because I have great people to work with, mm-hmm. just like the two of you, and that's what makes it so much fun. Thanks again to Don Munson for joining us and for the life-size poster of C.J. Spiller in the background. I felt like he was watching us the whole time. CJ's a great guy, so no issue with that. But it was just it's very life-size. Um, my main takeaways from our chat with Don, a lot of different things. I thought his kind of 10,000-foot view was really good, talking about the positives, but also some of the things that were disappointing, not just for the program, but for the fans. And anytime you lose to South Carolina, 
that is not good. That is a problem. And that is something that Dabo hates and probably the the thing that is eating him up perhaps the most in this offseason. But I liked when Don said, Will Shipley needs more touches. We've been saying that forever and ever. Don Munson said it. So maybe it'll get up the food chain. I remember <laughs> speaking of the life-size CJ, they used to have a, a tracker so that CJ would get his touches. You might need to do that for Will Shipley, Matt. Well, here's the, the negative with that. The person, if you remember, that was doing the tracking was Will Sweeney. Dabo's he's moved son, on. Yeah. He's out of there. Like Can the we other hire two are on the team. Saturdays so yeah, he's actually it? that's a good point. He is available. So let's bring him back. Let's get that done. Cause I agree with Don. We have to give, you know, ship the ball. What are you doing? You look at the orange bowl, three touches in the first half. Mm-hmm. Not ideal. Not ideal. But coaches, again, admittedly said they have to figure that out. Understand in the moment, doing what you got to do. Uh the other thing that I really like what Don said is is, you know, kind of his analysis on the wide receiver position and the mm-hmm. fact that you know, for for as long as we had been there, you know, the wide receiver room for Clemson had had just been the best. It'd been the standard. That's why Clemson was able to call themselves wide receiver U and still can when you look at the guys who are in the NFL. But that position has taken a step back. And, and what I'm really intrigued, KG, to see, because I don't think the argument has necessarily been answered yet, and maybe it will next year, is how much of that was affected because of the quarterback position. How much will change because you have a guy that can, number one, go through four reads and get anybody the ball, but number two, throw the ball where guys can catch it, get it on time, anticipate things being open. That's what I'm fascinated to see. Are we going to see that room take a substantial jump simply because of who's throwing the ball, not even to put in all the work that they're going to put in, the the age, getting older, more experience, figuring that thing out, really being able to take that next step. How much of that is going to be just simply because of the quarterback position? Fascinated to see that, and ultimately, I think that's going to be the ticket, you know, for Clemson getting back to the playoff. Definitely, that'll be the ticket. And you know, can Cade Klubnik look more like UNC Cade instead of Tennessee Cade? Sure. That is going to be a big question too. But and, and can these wide receivers stay healthy? That's always that's always a concern. It's so funny too for Clemson fans because you watch Clemson on Saturday, then you watch the NFL on Sunday, and you see Mike Williams, and you see T Higgins, <laughs> and you see these guys Renfro, who are some of the best wide receivers in the league, Nuke. And you wonder where they all went. So we'll see if if Clemson can get that remedied next year. They'll figure it out. But that was fun. Another great episode. Number three of ACC Under Review. Uh, Got a loaded week. Two more episodes. You're not going to want to miss them. Don't miss the sock giveaway either now. Go check it out on Twitter. You want to jump in there. By the way, we're doing one for each school. So make sure you... Get in there, retweet if you want to win Clemson socks. If you're like, hey, I have a my father-in-law is a Tar Heel. I can go retweet the Tar Heel ones. Do that. <laughs> That's true. Get in there, get some socks, and also use our code GML, yes. 20% off. If you do not win, not all hope is lost. Check it out there. But that's it for us. Thank you guys for tuning in. Another great episode of Gramlick and Mac Lane. If you're watching us on YouTube, mash that subscribe button. We need you guys to keep those numbers going up. It's been really cool to see this thing grow. Uh, it's been an awesome decision for us to, to be able to just be on another platform for you guys. But we also need you to go over to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe on there. We always appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see y'all.